Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is my pleasure to introduce Michelle Harrison this morning, and she is going to be talking on our most valuable, valuable treasure. Great. Oh! Lord, we thank you for Michelle, and we thank you for your anointing. We ask that you to fill her mouth and her heart with your words to speak forth to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Valuable treasures. Basically, who is your most valuable treasure? Of course, the hint says it's better than gold and better than jewels. That's for sure. What does treasure mean to you? Does it mean art? Does it mean jewels? Gold, rubies. Somebody said rubies earlier. Jesus does not wear out. Jesus is our treasure. Like our favorite things do. Like your favorite t-shirt or the old movie that we've watched that we're comforted by. We've watched a million times. You could do it line for line. He doesn't wear out. Uh, he only gets better with age by knowing more intimately. In other words, going to your Bible, going to your prayer closet, spending time with him. He gets better. Uh, in fact, if we treasure Jesus, we don't want to hang. We want to hang out with him more than we want to play games, watch that movie for the one hundred billionth time. You know, say like, I don't feel like playing Monopoly. I'm going to go read my Bible. That's what you do. Um, we love him more than a friend or even a pet. We're supposed to love him more than the person we're married to. I tell my husband all the time, I love you, but I love Jesus more. There you go. <laughs> it's the truth. So remember the saying, you can't take it, or we can't take it with us when we go. But guess what? Who's there when we go? Jesus. So we don't go alone. He's there. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So when we treasure Jesus, those things are protected. This is, I can't read that one because it deals in the way. Uh, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's some strong words, y'all. <laughs> it says, when we treasure Jesus, we no longer care for earthly things. And there's some things I've learned that I've quit watching and quit doing because I treasure that more than I do a TV show that everybody wants to watch. I don't care for it. And then remember the story of the rich young ruler. What did he value more than Jesus? And then there's the parable where it says, And behold, one came unto him and said, Good master, what good things shall I do that I might have eternal life? And he said unto them, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life and keep these commandments, he said unto him, which, Jesus said, thou shalt not do murder, or do not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery, and thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not bear false witness. That means don't lie. <laughs> Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And it's true. You have to love your, your neighbors more than yourself. You've got to be good to them, because guess what? They're going to be there for a long time, and so are you. Um, and always honor your father and mother. That's just a given. I mean, it's your parents. They brought you in, they can take you out. <laughs> the young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what lack I yet? And Jesus, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, 
go and sell all thou hast and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. When the young man heard these sayings, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions, and he wasn't willing to give them up. If Jesus walked in right now and he said, oh, you got to sell your house, your car, everything, and follow me, I'm gone. I'm, okay, cool, no problem. Mom, take my cat. I'm gone. Because if he says, well, you're going to do it. You're like, Can I follow you at 10? I want to go eat a donut. <laughs> and it says, how do we treasure Jesus? Stop sinning. This may, right? This may seem like a no-brainer, but your flesh is very convincing. It's like, you know, you really want to watch this TV show, don't you? No. Can't do it. It wants you to believe you're missing out on things that you once enjoyed in your old life. Like things that you really shouldn't be watching, <laughs> drinking, things like that, going around. And it says, feed our spirit. Therefore, I need a steady infusion of God's word to keep from sinning and to do grow in faith. In other words, we need to read our Bible, which is what I, and go to church. Yeah, I was going to say that next. But yeah, uh, it is true for any Christian serious about making the Jesus or Jesus a priority in their lives. The word of God is hidden treasure just for us. It's got all kinds of good stuff in here. Uh, it says stack up gold. Every step we take towards Jesus replaces spiritual gold, or replaces every spiritual gold nugget we ever missed. Learn to completely be enamored with God. I'm working on it. I'm getting there. Uh, we will not only feel like it, but we will be the wealthiest person alive. That's pretty self-explanatory right there. Uh, see ourselves as precious jewels. Did you know God sees the faithful as his treasure possessions? And that's Malachi 3.17. It says, they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, I will spare them as man spareth his own son that serveth him. Did y'all know we were jewels? I didn't know until I heard that. I was like, oh, can I be a ruby then? That seems like a reciprocal agreement to me. Pretty much. Our desire to find God means that we, we see him as our most valuable and prized treasure. It's pretty valuable. Mm -hmm. And then we have verses about spiritual treasure. And I read the, uh, the first one. It says, what does it mean? Stop focusing on accumulating money and things. If you ever watched um, Urban Explorers, they'll go into some of these houses. And there's art and stuff these people left, left behind. Because they you know, don't want to pay money for them or they don't want to be taxed on them. They're just things. Those things like that, why do we need all that stuff? Because we don't. We don't need those things. It says, and set your heart on pursuing heavenly treasures. Now, what does that mean? Moth destroys things. They look very innocent, but they're very harmful. Those lovely holes in your sweaters that you get. Come on. You garden. They'll eat the plants, too. Rust destroys and breaks down. Now, we've all seen a brand new piece of chain. chain. It's beautiful and shiny, but you leave it outside for a while, it becomes dirty and rusty, and it's not very strong. It just breaks. And thieves. Thief breaks in and takes what the wealthy man has and will do anything to get it. Yeah, thieves come in and they steal. They don't care who they have to hurt. They want that stuff. Cannot take, cannot take possessions with us when we die. 
Do we want to be popular? No. Do we want to look spiritual? Yeah, I would say yeah. You ever see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer? I've never seen one, ever. Until today. There you go. And I know back years ago, there was a lady who buried herself in her car, so she kind of did take it with her, but it ain't going to go with her to heaven. So, <laughs> says, he's loaded and ready. Sorry, buddy, you can't take it with you. You can't. Please, <laughs> mailman drives ours. Oh, that's kind of creepy, but funny at the same time. <laughs> it says in Matthew chapter 6, the main point of our relationship with is with main point is our relationship with the Father. Father is mentioned 12 times in verses 1, 4, 6, 8, 9, 14, 15, 18, 26, and 32. And there they are. It says, take heed that you do not, do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward, your Father which is in heaven. I mean, that thine alms may be in secret. And this is number two, Father which seeth in secret himself, that he shall reward thee openly. That's good stuff. Uh, but thou hast, thou dost, no, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut that door, pray to thee, Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which is, seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Prayer closet. <laughs> Prayer closet. Be, the, be ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have, in need of before you ask him. You know, we get ready to start praying. God already knows what we're going to pray for. But you still want to say it or pray it, even though he knows. Um, after this manner, therefore, pray, our Father, which is art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Forgive you men their trespasses. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Lord's Prayer. Uh, but if you forgive men, forgive not men their uh, trespasses, Neither will your father forgive yours. In other words, if you don't forgive them, guess what? He doesn't forgive us. <laughs> and we get cancer. Our foot falls off. I don't know. We get, we get in trouble for it. That thou appear not unto men too fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So basically, I guess whatever we do in secret in the closet... He's going to give it back. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in bar into barns. Uh, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? He feeds us all the time. Every time you pray to him and every time you pick up that Bible and read, you're getting fed. You're getting the meat and potatoes. Um, after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. We have need of those things. Uh, we are called children of God. For ye have received the spirit of bondage, or not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Not like I've heard any say, Papa. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I'm a child of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, 
It will all it will be so be that we suffer with him that we may be glorified together. Mm -hmm. And we can go to the Father in Jesus' name and just cry out, Abba, Father. You know, sometimes we just go, why, God, why? And it says, Matthew, Matthew chapter 6 shows us two big temptations. Wanting to receive the praise of men instead of God. Putting ourselves on a pedestal. Uh, wanting to seek treasures of the world, seeking things too. And then makes us feel valuable. So in other words, we want to be praised for what we do by somebody. Whether it's a teacher, for, hey man, you did great today. Well, thank you, I appreciate that, but I did it for, not for the praises and the accolades. And wanting the treasures of the world, seeking things to make us feel valuable. That's what those rich people do. They're always buying stuff. A lot of it's just junk. But they want to feel like they have value. Because that's what they, that's what they do with that money. It's wasteful. The heart is our control center. We should ask ourselves, where is my heart? We should ask ourselves, are we wearing a mask? Only because we were told to, but... <laughs> only because of the you-know-what... We should, ask, we should ask ourselves, are we seeking praises of men? When you're, when you're little, it's okay, but as an adult, eh. Matthew 6, 21, for where are your treasures? Uh, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then Proverbs four twenty three: keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of there the issues of life. Or for out of it there are the issues of life. What are our eyes focused on? Are we looking for things that we can see? Are we operating by faith on those things not seen? Now check your heart. Is it full of anger, rage, jealousy, envy? Man, I want to be like Sunni. I'm envious of her. No. <laughs> Actually, I want to be by you, like you and Leslie. I want to be more out there. There you go. And it says, where are you putting your investments? Here in, in future or in eternity? Do we have a temporary, do we want temporary or permanent? Have you ever had a brand new car you wanted to show off? And when all of a sudden you're sideswiped and then it's not so important anymore? Or you buy that dress and you think, man, this is a great dress. And you go to church, you go to school, and somebody else is wearing the dress. And you're like, man, come on. <laughs> you're not wearing dresses i'm gonna tell on you if you are this is treasures laid up in heaven love neighbors as yourself it doesn't matter with the religion or anything like that you still have to love them you know my parents have jehovah's witnesses that used to live next door he would mow part of their yard for them and their son when he was little he was kind of a really wild child but as he got older he became a good guy and so we were all trading and doing things back and forth so they learned that in our Bible and then their Bible, it says, love your neighbor as you do yourself. And so it kind of was like a fun thing. We all learned to love each other, despite the religions. It is sometimes when you don't like your neighbors. <laughs> right. What? Mm hmm exactly right. We don't love them. We don't value ourselves. Uh, be a cheerful giver. This should be pretty easy. I mean, 
We had Lou last week in his corn socks and corn hat talking about being a he. You know, I mean, there you go. <laughs> Honor God in friendships and marriage. God has to be the foundation of your marriage or it will not survive. I've been there. I've done that. It don't work. Just telling you. <laughs> Share the gospel. Start talking to people. I know sometimes for some of us, it is very scary to go up and go, do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about him. Because then they're going to go, oh, no, I don't want to hear that. Well, no, well, well. But you have to be, as your mom says, bold like a lion. Rawr. <laughs> says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You got to love him with everything. Not one thing, but everything. <laughs> Faithfully enduring persecution. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Mm, it's been done to me. It's been done to me. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. So for, per so, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Trust me, I've been done pretty bad in, in, in different ways. Jobs, friends. You just learn to suck it up, put on your big girls, and keep going. <laughs> Don't let it weigh you down. Roll off and just keep going. Pray for them and just, I love you. Keep going. <laughs> I love you. It says, through our bodies, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Mm-hmm. says, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And that's the spirit man, correct? Okay. For our, light, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us, a far more exceeding and eternal way of, weight of glory. Uh, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. <laughs> Makes you want to jump. <laughs> it says, Herefore there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, or at that day, and not to me only, but to all of them also that love his appearing. We get a free crown for that. It's like, oh, you want to get saved? Cool, here's your free gift. Loving your enemies. And I know this is so hard. This is one of the hardest ones. You have heard that if it hath been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good unto them that hate you. And pray for them which desperately use you. When it spitefully use you, sorry. And persecute you. You might not want to do it, but you got to do it. We got to pray for them. Rebuke the curses. And that they, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh us, maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth the rain on the just and unjust. God just goes, you know, God can't go. Well, I mean, he can go. Well, you know what? You're not safe. No rain for you. So you're standing there in a dry circle and it may be raining all around you. <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. But, uh... <laughs> 
For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans, the, yeah, the same? Sometimes it's hard to read that. Okay. Uh, and if you salute your brethren only, what do you, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be that ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We can try and be as perfect as we can. We'll never be that perfect, but we'll get close. At least while we're here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then it says, then it's the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 5, it says, Prayest, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you that they have their reward. So it's like, you know, pray, but don't do it like them out there on the street corner. Oh, in the synagogue, we can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Serving the Lord and his people. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And that he receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink upon one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, now that he planteth and he watereth are and that he watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Basically, you gotta do the work to get the reward. It's not just gonna land at your feet. Here I am. Doesn't work that way. Uh, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. That's what we're called to do. What does all that mean? We are eternally rewarded. We give. We pray and fast in private. We forgive someone. We share the gospel. The hardest one is we love our enemies. And we do insults and persecutions. That's a long list, but it, it can be done. It can be done. It's really hard to forgive your enemies. I guess you could forgive them, but you just don't forget it so you don't make the same mistake again. Verses about spiritual treasures. What do you think this means? Hidden treasures in the Bible. Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a treasure hidden in a field. To find a hidden treasure, it's hard and diligent work. We must work hard to find the treasures in the Bible and in his truths. Jesus' desire is for us to be hungry and thirsty for him. We will work as if our lives depend, or no, will we work as our lives depend upon it? Yeah. In reality, it does. And then over here I put that. I know someone who speaks about learning the deep and secret meanings in the Bible. <laughs> There's a shout out. <laughs> Uh, hidden treasures in the Bible. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. Right there, it's all right there. The parable of the hidden... Sure, please, go ahead. <laughs> that scripture? <clears throat> 
Okay, so it says, I will give thee the treasures of darkness. What's that talking about? What's that talking about? Crude oil. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that is uh, actually one of the scriptures, and there are several, but that's one of the scriptures that is promising that God is going to give massive amounts of crude oil to Israel. It says, I will give thee the treasures of darkness. Now, look. And hidden riches of secret places. Well, other scriptures tells us that those secret places is that the oil is really, really deep. If you go into West Texas, the typical oil well depth is about 4,000 feet. So when they do a test, they just drill to 4,000 feet. They don't hit oil, then there's nothing there. But in Israel, uh, it's in the ballpark of, well, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name now. Not, I'm not under the anointing. Uh, Andy Sorrell drilled well to 20,232 feet, which is really deep for an oil well. He had a light showing of, uh, excuse me, no, he had uh, yellow crude oil. Unfortunately, they dropped a string of pipe about 300 feet long down that well, of course, 20,000 feet, uh, 5,000 feet into a mile, 5,200, whatever. So we're talking about four miles. So try to imagine a string of pipe 300 feet long falling for four miles. When it hit the bottom of the well, it's stuck in the well like driving a stake in rock and they tried everything they could try to pull it out but they couldn't and so that killed the well so what it's saying is i will give you the crude oil which is dark as in black and it's also referred to and there's five different colors also the crude oil the yellow uh, the milk and honey and hidden reaches of secret places means it's really deep that why so that you may know i the lord which call thee by my name and the God of Israel. In other words, I'm going to give you that oil to show you that I really am God and I really, as I promised to Moses, standing in front of the burning bush, get you up, I'm gonna send you in a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to give you that blessing. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know if you wanted to. Yeah, the kingdom heaven is like hidden treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Uh, when he found the one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Like I said earlier, if Jesus walked in and said, you got to sell your house, your car, and everything, I'm like, okay, done. What happens when we don't value heavenly treasures? Scrooge McDuck. Uh, it says, in the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. And it says, so is he that layeth treasures up for himself and is not rich toward God. Don't be a hoarder. There you go. Do not love or lust after earthly treasures. There you go. It won't go. Here it went. It says, our inheritance is out of this world. And our inheritance is waiting for us in eternity. We got crowns. We got, I mean, you got everything. Mansion. Yeah, mansion. The streets of gold. You know, what? Oh, and the horse. I think I came to the end. I got here really quick, didn't I? So it says, how about you? And share this with all your friends so they'll learn something. And then like, share, and subscribe.
done it by clicking the link down below. And then you can contact us at that email address. And that's it. We're done. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everybody's smiling faces. Let me see them. <laughs> Welcome. Um, all right, we do have a few announcements. Michelle, if you want to go ahead and hand those out here. Um, Friday night Bible studies are at 6.30 to 8. If you want Whataburger, come a little bit earlier. Um, join Stan at Whataburger at 5.30. Did you need to say something? Oh, okay. Uh, Sundays, churches really start 9.30, so we encourage you guys to come. This morning was an awesome message from Michelle. Um, she talked about where is your treasure, or what is your treasure, right? What is your greatest treasure? Um, not material things, but things in the Lord, and it was very good. So you don't want to miss out. 9.30. Church begins then. Um, please arrive a little bit earlier, obviously. And then in between, join us for coffee and donuts and bread. <laughs> bread, bread, and more bread. Um, and then our uh, second service starts at 10.30. September 23rd through October 9th. Has anyone... Um, volunteered i know there was a list i think it's back there on specific days to fast and pray for the people over in pakistan and dubai okay it's full okay perfect make sure you put an alarm clock on your phone for that day so you remember it is very important that we hear our interceding and praying for the hedge of protection for those overseas and ministering we went to a call of war just a few weeks ago and the devil is trying to attack. And we knew he would, so it's time to take a stand and fight back. And this is one way we got to do it. We got to protect those who we know are in the fight. And that's the people over in Pakistan and Dubai right now. So please diligently make sure you cover that time. And if you want to do more, more the better. <laughs> so uh, that is between September 23rd. They're already there, already been ministering through October 9th. Um, then Friend Day. Grab one of these. Grab 10 of these. We can always print more for next week. Not a problem. Uh, we can always email it out. We'll also post it on the Facebook so you can share and forward it. But Friend Day is going to be October 31st, which is Halloween Day. And that's why we chose that day, because we need to give glory to God on that day and it falls on a Sunday so even more in our favor we would like to bring friends family anyone you work with and some of you might say well, I, I've tried I don't know anyone <laughs> or I only work from home I don't really see anyone you ask God to bring someone in your life or you ask God for someone to minister to I guarantee you he will just ask and he'll bring someone uh, even if you're at the grocery store and you're checking out, I've done it before, you ask that person. If you just feel that connection, you feel like God's leading you to ask that person, this is the perfect opportunity to bring someone in. We'll make them feel very comfortable, and they'll have a great time. We're going to have lunch afterwards. I believe it was tacos, um, tacos and fajitas. We're going to have all sorts of fun things and activities for the kids, face painting, balloons, We'll have lots of candies and treats. We'll have a little gift for all of the people who come and attend for Friend Day. 
So this is, again, this is a perfect time to evangelize and get people to come to church again. Um, if they're uncomfortable, then have them tune in if they don't want to be around people. But let's do our job. Let's do the work of the Lord and spread the word. Uh, let's see what else is there. Um, intercessory prayer. That next one is going to be Thursday, October 7th. I heard those. I, I was unable to join the last one, but I heard those are, have been awesome. So contact us or send um, uh, Carolyn an email. Contact her if you want to be a part of that. Uh, come and intercede and pray for people that need prayer requests and also for our nation. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner. We're already talking about Thanksgiving. Yes, we are. <laughs> and why are we? Because we do it really special. We don't just do a service. We don't just do come here and we're going to talk about Thanksgiving and how to give and how to be thankful. We, we take it one step above. We want to make it family. We, we're all here to meet and greet and love one another. And that's what a church is. So Thanksgiving dinner Sunday is November 14th. Put that on your calendar here soon. Go back there, write down your name per person. Don't just say it's Leslie. No, it's Leslie, Chris, Enzo, Scarlett, Ferris. Write each person's name in there so we can have a head count to provide food because we're going to have a Thanksgiving fellowship dinner. And that's going to be November 14th. So jot that down, start preparing and inviting people and know who's going to come so we can be prepared and ready. We'll go ahead and put this in the back table so you can sign up for that. And, um, and that will be one service at 1030. So please arrive by 10 on that Thanksgiving day so that way we can fellowship and uh, get seated and be ready. I think that is it for announcements. Let's go ahead and pray and get our service started. So if you want to stand up, we'll bow our heads and raise our hands. Father God, we come humbly before you and give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for this time. We can come and fellowship and love one another and give you the glory. Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We worship you. We give you all the praise, and we thank you for covering us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet and all communication coming to, from, around, and concerning us. Lord, we ask that for the hedge of protection all around us, our family, friends, and loved ones, and those that are abroad, ministering and doing your work for the kingdom father we ask that you would cover those in pakistan and dubai not only just the ministers but the people that were going there you'd make a way to get the message that you'd make a way for them to get there safely and sound and father god that your love would shine through and that they would see and hear you and father god right now we ask that your anointing would come down this morning that you would be with us and that we would not see and hear man but father god we would see and hear you in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, we'll continue standing. We're going to go ahead and do some praise and worship. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together. Praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you, we long for you, cause we want to see you, we find strength to face the day, 
In your presence all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna. Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna. Hosanna, 
Okay, come on, let's put our hands together. Let's get those feet moving. Oh Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh Lord, my God, come on, you I give my hope. Oh Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh yes, we do. Oh Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Come on, singing in you. In you, in you I find my peace. In you, in you I find my strength. Yes, we do, Lord. In you, I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say into, let everything I say into be founded by my faith in you. I lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Oh Lord, my God, in you I give my hands. Oh Lord, my God, let me see those feet. We're gonna dance for the Lord. Oh Lord, my God, in you I give my everything. Oh Lord, my God, in you I give my life. Yes, we do, Lord. In you, I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do, let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Come on, let me see those hands up high. Here we go. Than you lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Come on, give us a praise. Hallelujah. 
Lord, you are worthy to be praised. We come humbly before you to give you all the honor. We wouldn't be if it wasn't for you. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard tender whispers of love in the dead of night as you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. When I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Who I am because you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to It's who you are, it's who you are, 
at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath of living water, such a marvelous mystery. Yeah, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is Father, we boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. We give this service to you, Father. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for being in this place. So we call forth your anointing upon our apostle, our pastor this morning, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. May every word be pleasing and according to your, your perfect will. Father, we love you and we give you this service in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And in keeping with our praise worship song this morning, worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof because he was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests that so we shall reign on the earth. So this morning, Lord, we say, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing, 
glory, honor, and power be in him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And the four beasts said, Amen, and we say, Amen. Amen. Lord, we ask for your anointing this morning, and that the people not see and hear me, but see and hear you, and the words I speak would be from you. Lord, we do know that we are the last generation, and we do know that you're preparing us to use us in the days ahead. You're preparing us for the great move of God, the great anointing, the great influx of people into your kingdom. And Lord, we ask that we would be part of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. We believe they're coming. God has said they're coming. We've been preparing for some time now. We want to think we're ready. I said, we want to think we're ready. But who is ready for something that no one has ever seen going back to Adam? So, let's jump to Acts 5. Yes, I'm going to cover a couple of scriptures I covered Friday night at the Bible study, but not the same thing. Acts chapter 5, And great fear came upon all the church, and upon many as heard these things. That's one of the things I think is missing from our church in America today, is fear of the Lord. These days, I, I just watched Michael Boldea give a talk, and it was entitled, God, Dead God, Famine, and, what was the word he used? Great Revival, Harvest. Dead God, Famine, and Harvest. He said, many people, their God is dead. See, I'm talking about many Christians that currently sit in the church pews, their God is dead. He said, cannot tell you how many times I've stood up in churches and I've talked about the real God, and people come up and they say, and they usually start the sentence with, my God. And then they start telling him, my God would never judge America. My God would never destroy America. My God would never allow us to go through such testing. My God. And he says, well, if that's your God, I suggest that you get rid of your dead God and turn to the real God. Because that's exactly what the righteous judge will and he is going to do. He is going to do that. And so they have a misconception. So it says, great fear fell upon the church, as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. What God has laid on my heart to say is that Acts chapter 2, not just that chapter, but the great miracles and signs and wonders of the days of Jesus and the days of the apostles starting the church is about to repeat. Amen. In those days, the reason the signs, wonders, and miracles came, watch this, watch this, was to point people to the cross. Amen. It wasn't so that, hey, I'm Peter, look what I can do. Hey, I'm Barnabas, I'm Paul, look what I can do. And it's not going to be that for us either. Instead, we're going to use the name. We're going to use the name, the name above every name. And we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles in our day. And we're going to say, don't think it's me. Don't even think about it. Like we say right here, we don't even think about it. It's not us. And the reason this is going to happen is to point people to Jesus Amen. because right now there are so many people in the church that are lost 
Now, if the church is lost, you can imagine where the rest of the world is out there. We have a, a couple of new people that have been coming. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> and uh, so they walked in. I was already sitting in the, the front row, and I said, you again. <laughs> I said, don't you know you're walking into a crazy, wacko, weirdo church? They said, yes, we love it, and you're not going to kick us out. We're not leaving. <laughs> I said, you know, isn't it sad that a church that simply endeavors to read the King James Bible and to follow it with the best of their heart, isn't it sad that that is considered to be a weirdo, wacko church today? Isn't it sad that so many churches are into Hollywood? Oh, Hollywood. Uh, is there a difference? And they're into entertainment. And they're into to blessing people. One thing I like about what Michael Boldea said in that talk. He said, if you're looking to see what God will do for you, you've got a dead God. He said, you should be looking to see what you can do for God. Amen. Amen. Well, it kind of sounds like what JFK said. Right? Right? It does. Many signs and wonders were wrought among the people. And they were... All in haunt, no, not, and they were all <laughs> with one accord in Solomon's porch. And believers were, the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there's going to be a time, and it might not be too far, until the judgment hits, and I don't want to see the judgment, but we also know that something's got to shake the church, not to worry. Jesus is the righteous judge, and he knows exactly what to do in each person's life to shake their heart, to shake their life so that they start saying, okay, well, this is not working. Uh, you know, I'm in a lot of pain here. I'm in a lot of problems. I got something. My whole world's falling apart. Obviously, something's wrong. That's right, because they never found the foundation because he is the firm foundation, amen? So... Why did the, the miracles happen at the hands of the apostles? Because God was trying to show everybody that Peter and Paul and Barnabas were something special. No. To show that the God of Peter, Paul, Barnabas was something special. So we're going to point them to Jesus. That's our whole heart, to point them to Jesus. And believers are the more added to the Lord. You think you saw something in those days. Okay, they saw 5,000. We're going to see 50,000, 100,000. We're going to see the greatest harvest in human history is about to start. We're about to see it. We're about to see things that prophets of old desired to see. They desired to see the last days. I don't know about you, but I, I want to see the last days. I don't want to see it too close. <laughs> but I want to see it I want to see the mark of the beast I want to see the beast not too close <laughs> but I want to see it because I want to become an overcomer I want to see the beast when I hear the beast I want to resist that mark of the beast I cannot tell you how many times I've said in my heart I'm not going to take the mark I'm not going to take the mark I'm not going to take the mark I'm not going to right right I'm not taking the market. We've got to keep saying it. It's going to be something like resisting the mask, resisting the anti-V, 
the, those are the kind of things that are being, at this point, that's what you call gentle forcing. Those are, those are, those are the gentle forcings of the devil. But the next one, it's not going to be so gentle. Believers are more added to the Lord. Multitudes. This is hallelujah. You guys got to get your signals down here. Lord, receive your glory. Multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at the least of the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. They were looking for the power of God. Right now, the American church is looking for the power of God, but they're looking in all the wrong places. There came also a multitude out of the cities, out of the cities, like Pastor Lou said Friday night, out of the cities, roundabout into Jerusalem, bringing sick folk. And then they were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, everyone. I look forward to the time when I can get on radio or TV or whatever the platform is and say, Oh, all you sick folk. Come to Jesus. We got a meeting tonight. Come to Jesus. Bring your sick folk. All you folk in wheelchairs. All you folk got mental problems. You got problems in your body. Come on up here. Jesus is healing. Come on to the meeting. Jesus is healing. I want to be able to say, and tonight is Muslim night. All of the Muslims, we want to invite all of our Muslim friends. Because they are friends, right? Because they've just been deceived. So have we, from time to time. All of the Hindus come. We're going to have different nights. Okay, tonight is Hindu night. All of the Hindus, come tonight. Jesus is healing you. Then there came a multitude out of the cities round about, bringing sick folks. Then were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Everyone. Every, if the apostles... Had it happen, if they saw it, we're going to get to see it at least double. Several people have seen sevenfold. Then the high priest rose up, skipping a few verses. And they were all with him, which was the sect of the Sadducees. See, the Sadducees were sad, you see. And the Pharisees were fair, you see. That was pretty weak. (laughs) So the high priest rose up, and they were filled with indignation. Why? Because these guys were using the power of God. People were believing the power of God. They were seeing the miracles. They were coming to Jesus. Would you turn that fan on, please? And and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common. And it wasn't this kind of laying on hands. It was this kind of laying on hands, okay? And put them in common prison, trying to shut them up. That thing which has been is that thing which shall be. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible history repeats itself. So if they did it to the apostles, but we're not going to stop. We've got to set it in our spirit. I'm not taking Mark the Beast. I'm not going to stop preaching. I'm going to continue to explain. I'm going to continue to answer. 
Because count it, we're going to get to the scripture. Count it a blessing if we're persecuted for his name's sake. So he put them in a common prison. And the angel Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand, speak in the temple to the people. He didn't say, Go run to the hills. He said, Go and preach the gospel. What? They just put me in prison just yesterday, the Lord. For preaching, and now you want me to go do it again? Not only, not not on the hills, not in the woods, not on the streets. You want me to go into the temple and continue preaching? And we're going to do it. But we're going to do it by His direction, His power. He's going to be with. He's promised us. He's going to be. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Go and stand, speak of the temple, of the words of all the life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him and called the council together, and all the sent of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But they weren't in the prison. They weren't in the prison. What I thought was kind of funny, I skipped this part, but they went to the prison. They found the people on the outside guarding the prison. They found the prison locked, but inside, <laughs> the apostles weren't there. Instead, they're out in the temple preaching. And they, so, so they called the guys, they call, called the apostles to them. And they said, did, am, I, am I remembering something wrong here, or did I not tell you to stop preaching in this name? That's what he says. That's the way we say it. We, did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Did we not tell you that? Do you not understand plain Hebrew? <laughs> and behold, you have filled Jerusalem with all your doctrine. They've been listening to you on radio and TV and internet. Amen. <laughs> well, that's the way we would say it today. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. By the way, if you're trying to win friends and influence people, don't tell them the truth. Yeah. Which was the truth. But see, the truth, <laughs> truth gets you in trouble. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, you, slung, you slew him and hung him on a tree. And him hath God exalted with his right hand to be, notice he doesn't say king of kings here. Revelation says he's the prince of the kings of the earth. He's a prince. A prince is an uncrowned king. He still is not king of kings and lord of lords. That doesn't happen until the, uh, the last Pentecost, when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay. God exalted him to, to, with his right hand to be prince and a savior for to give repentance unto Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are his witnesses of these things, and so it is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given him to obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart, took counsel to slay them. How dare you tell us the truth? There's not a pre-trib rapture. How dare you tell us the truth? Yes, we are going to have to go through this testing, but Jesus is going to be with us through the fire. Said he, he promised and to him he agreed, and when he had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let him go. Now, 
Doug is going to bring a teach, teaching here in a few weeks, and he's talking about, he was telling me about it this morning. I'm excited to hear it. Talking about all the various ways that Jesus was tortured. He said that, <clears throat> and I'd heard this before, but it just refreshed my memory. He said that they beat him 29 times. Now, what he didn't say this morning, because they considered if you got 30 lashes, that it killed you. Now, I understand from other talks that they used a cat of nine tail. What's a cat of nine tail? What they would do is, they, yeah, that's right, they took long leather strips, and then they tied pieces of metal, pieces of bone, pieces of glass, every few inches. Now, cat of nine tail means that they had nine of these strips. So they weren't just being beaten with the reins of a horse. <laughs> Some of you caught it. Not just one leather stripe. In other words, every time that lash came down, they got hit with nine strings. And it wasn't just strings of leather. Again, they had metal, pieces of metal, pieces of bone, pieces of glass. So it would be, I remember when I was a kid growing up in West Texas, we used to have grass burr fights, especially the green grass burrs. Those were the best because the green, they, they had a head on them like that. It looked like a, a head of, of, of wheat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we would go and pick a bunch of them and then we'd throw them at each other. Ow! And, it, and we would stick. It would, it would like nail your shirt to you. Like, and you go ping, 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 ping to pull them off. It just I, it, very painful. Whack, whack, whack. So <laughs> back and forth. Well, those graspers literally stuck in our flesh and went through the skin, I mean, through the, the, the shirt into the skin, stuck in our flesh. You have to pull them off. Now, the good ones were the green ones because you could just pull them off. But if they got too brown, then you pulled off the stem, but you still had stickers. Yeah. yeah. What, did you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I thought that was only West Texas. So you got to pull them off. Well, see, when they hit Jesus with that cat of nine tail, whack, those nine leather strings with those bone and glass and metal went kind of like that grass burr, and it just stuck in the flesh. And then when they pulled it back, they didn't all come out nice. They pulled it out, and sometimes chunks of flesh came out with it. And this is on their back, their bare back. So when they hit him, it's like that grass burr, except for they were pretty bad. <clears throat> Some of them went pretty deep. Sometimes they didn't just pull it out like this. Sometimes they pulled it out like this. Trying to see how much damage they can do. So when they say they're beating them, it's not like we see on TV the Taliban using a, 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 a like a a stick or a rod or a hose. Have you seen that? They're also hitting people with rubber hoses. If it was just a beating like that, 29 times, not as bad. But what Jesus got was the cat of nine tail. <clears throat> like that. So it brought chunks. It ripped down the side of their back. And by the time they got hit 29 times, there wasn't any flesh. It was just bones just pulled all the flesh off the back. 
So when he says they're beating the apostles, <clears throat> let me ask you a question. Probably, we were, I have a very low threshold of pain, so probably about the first time they hit me, I'm passed out. I'm, I'm, you, I wake up on the table with a bladed back because I'd, I'd be passed out. But when they beat them, do you think that that was a pretty good testimony in church the next day? Here's the bigger thing. What do you think happened to the miracles as a result of that? What do you think happened to their prayers? Their prayers got answered. I think the angel came to them that night and said, let me tell you what's going to happen to you tomorrow. But I'm going to be with you. I don't know that God took away all the pain, but I'm pretty sure he took away a lot of it. But maybe not. So the apostles were beaten. They were commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. We don't experience that in America. Dimitri experienced that. We don't experience that. That's the correct answer. Yet. But, <clears throat> by the way, this is not the way you preach if you want to build a church. But this is the way you preach if you want to have people that will fast and pray through the night for 48 straight hours. This is the way you preach if you're preparing people and you know the beast is coming. You know the mark of the beast is coming. You know that there's great challenges and great, great testing and we're preparing. What we're doing is putting down roots into the rock. Amen. We're putting down roots so that when the wind blows, when the rains come, our house won't fall. Amen. We're saying to ourselves this morning, I'm not going to take the mark. I'm not going to take the mark. I'm not... I will endure the testing. I will endure the beating. I will endure. I will endure. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to preach the name. Amen. Amen. Right? Amen. <laughs> Sorry. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. We better read 41 again. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing. Say rejoicing. rejoicing. So as they are beating us, we can be thinking, I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. Stan, you're sick. <laughs> rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They ceased. They rejoiced, they ceased. They were beaten, they rejoiced, and they ceased not to preach Jesus Christ. Back up. Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, and the spirit of prophecy church. Amen. Full of faith and power, right? Amen. Full of faith and power. Did great wonders and miracles among the people, but nothing like the last days people are going to see. We're going to see miracles like no one has ever seen. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes came upon them and caught them and brought them to the council. And they set up false witnesses. Said, this man is not wearing a mask. I saw him. He is not wearing a mask. He has got to wear a mask. That's right. You understand where we're going. This person's not been the anti-V. I started to say the word. See, I get in trouble. I can't say the word. This woman has not had the anti-V. She doesn't have the anti-V passport. Right. 
It's coming. It's just over the horizon, just around the corner. Caught him, brought him to the council, set up false witnesses, said this man ceased not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as the anointing of God was on him. Now, if it was on Stephen, and he only had just one level of anointing on him. But we're going to have seven on us, right? Because we're the last day saints. See, because the testing these guys went through ain't nothing compared to the last day saints. Are we ready? We got to get our signs right here, okay? Okay, here you go. This one, this is yes. This is hallelujah. Hallelujah! <laughs> it's okay to have a little fun with this kind of preaching. You got to break it up once in a while. You can't. If you listen to this kind of preaching, you go home and <clears throat> his face shone. It doesn't say that, but his face shone as the face of an angel. In other words, he glowed. He had the anointing really, really powerful on him. It's coming. It's coming. Now. Let's go to Acts 7.36. So he brought him out after he had showed signs, wonders, and now we're talking about Moses here. Signs, wonders in the land of Egypt, in the Red Sea, into the wilderness for 40 years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet, now this is talking about Jesus, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear. Saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us, for as Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. Because Moses went up into the mountain. He didn't come back down for 40 days. So they thought he must have got lost up there. Something happened to him. Maybe he, quit, maybe he went back to Egypt. So what we need to do is set us up another god. So <clears throat> they pulled their earrings off. They made themselves a molten golden calf. And they worshipped him. Now, the Bible tells us the name of that calf and the name of that kind of worship. They made a calf, offered sacrifice to this idol, rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Yea, and they took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god, Rimphan. Now, we don't know what that star is. My guess is it might be what they have the star of on the Israeli flag. I don't want to believe that, but it might be that. It's the only star I know of. Anyway... <clears throat> Moloch and the star of your God are infam. Now, the point is, the golden calf is Moloch and Baal worship. It's the same thing when Elijah was having his preach off, when he was telling the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves, those are the people that put their gifts under Christmas trees. No, I mean just under trees. Trees that they had decorated with gold, I mean with, with uh, yes, gold and red and green uh, balls and had all kinds of decorations on it. They put their gifts to their God, and they, they burned incense and poured out drink and, and, meat, and, and meat offerings to their, their God. They were the prophets of the groves, the Christmas trees. <coughs> <coughs> and some churches put up Christmas trees in their church, and they have Easter egg hunts, Ishtar hunts. <laughs> yes, when they have Halloween parties in their church. Yeah, they call Halloween. 
He says they're called Hallelujah Day. So all you got to do, if you want to do something pagan, just change the name of it and you still get by them. It's okay with God by them, right? No. No. Speaking of which, we bought those flags. We had them at the Solemn September Assembly. We intended to bring them in here. Yeah. Yeah. Christian flag, American flag. They're probably in the storage bin. Yeah, okay. We got to get them up here. Anyway, back to Moloch. So, so what Moses got angry because he comes down off of the mountain and they're worshiping the golden calf, which is Moloch. What did they do to all of those people that were worshiping Moloch? They all said, what you guys need to do is what? Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll deal with it later. He's talking about the star of Rim fan. <clears throat> so the he sent, he called the people that believed in the true God, and he sent the people out into the tents with their swords. I'll say it that way. So anyway, you take up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of Rim fan, figures he made to worship them. And I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Now, jumping a little bit. <clears throat> Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, saith the Lord? Or what is the rest of my, uh, the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? You stiff-necked and circumcised in heart and ears. Now, I know the Jews are like that. They are just really hard-headed and stiff. I mean, that's the best way to describe them. God has given America a heart, but there's still a lot of people in America that that does fit. As they say, if the shoe fits, wear it. Okay, well, that fits a lot of people in America. They don't want to hear nothing about Jesus or the Bible or church or getting saved. None of that stuff because the devil has given Jesus a bad reputation in various subtle ways. You stiff-necked, uncircumcised of heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. So again, he told them the truth, which made them angry. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? They have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, Jesus, whom you have now been betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and you have not kept it. So he told them the truth. They got angry. What happened? They stoned him. <clears throat> so when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. Now, do you think that that really literally means that they went up and bit him? I think that they began to speak all sorts of bad things to them. But he, this is Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing in the right hand of God. Now, that's an important phrase. And as a young man, I would read past that, and I would see only the superficial meaning. Where was, let me show you the deeper meaning. Where was Stephen at the time? On the surface of the earth, yes? From the surface of the earth, he looked up, and what did he see? He looked up, and he saw into heaven. And he saw, standing on the surface of the earth, Jesus in heaven. So, you go back to Revelation chapter 4, where it says, And I heard a great voice from heaven, saying, Come up hither. Immediately it was in heaven. So, heaven, the way I understand it, 
having memorized Revelation now, is not necessarily some planet out there, which we kind of sometimes think about. Actually, it's another dimension. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> the heaven rolls back like a scroll. That's when Jesus enters into time. And there's several other times where in Revelation it says, And I saw into heaven, I saw the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony, and heaven was open. So, looking into heaven can be done if we can see into other dimensions. So, Jesus is right there right now. If he would open that, we would be able to see into heaven. I feel another sneeze <laughs> coming on. Behold, I, <laughs> Behold, I see into heaven's open to the Son of Man standing on the right hand. They cried out with a loud voice, stopping their ears, and ran upon him with one accord. What does that mean, stop their ears? So he's talking. I think that they literally put their fingers in their ears, and they were so angry, so furious at this guy, because the power of God, the miracles are on him. He was saying all manner of bad things about them, which was the truth. And so they literally stuck their fingers in their ears and ran toward him and stoned him. That's how angry they were. What about Jesus? Do people get angry at the name of Jesus? Yes, they're already starting to get more and more angry. It's about to get worse, too. <coughs> so they stopped their ears, ran toward him one of the court, cast him out of the city, stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Now, what does this mean? The witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet. I don't think that meant that they went naked. I think that in those days, you might, you might say kind of like we have underwear today. They took off their outer garments, and they basically, why'd they take their outer garments off? Oh, you got it. She said they didn't want them to be soiled with his blood. Why? Because stoning wasn't from 25. Okay, let's pick up a little rock. Let's see if we can hit this guy 25 feet away. I think stoning was this. Pick up a big rock and kerwhack. Okay? In other words, when they hit him, the blood splashed back on him. That's why they took their clothes off. Saul was watching their clothes. The great man that was going to write roughly one-third of the New Testament. Well, yeah. <laughs> or was it two-thirds? It was actually two-thirds, isn't it? About two-thirds. Two-thirds of the New Testament, written by the guy. He's the guy that took their clothes off, put them at his feet, because they went over and they picked up the big rock, and boom, so the blood splashed back. So when they got done, they had blood all over them. You know, we Americans, we don't even understand that kind of violence. Even if the guy's done something. I, yeah, she's going, that's right. <laughs> I can't imagine having some, even if, even if they've done some bad things, I can't imagine hitting someone with a rock to the point to where their blood splashes upon them. But that's why they took their clothes off. Stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. You want to know what real love is? So they're, they're killing him with giant stones. I mean, it was probably wasn't 30 or 40 of them. 
probably was more like three to five, but the stones were what? Quack. It might have been just one or two stones, and he's toast. Skull crushed, back broken. Pretty violent, vicious people. So he kneeled down, cried, and said, Lay not this end of the charge. That's pretty big love right there. Then he fell asleep. So at the time, Saul was sitting there consenting unto his death. And at the time, there was a great persecution. Do, do we need to hear this? Oh, no, come on. Tell us something about the pre-trib rapture. Tell us something to bless us, to encourage us. We didn't have a good day at work this week. We need to be lifted up. Oh, come on, grow up. Right? Grow up. Get a little steel in your backbone, a little leather on your hands, you know? <coughs> So Saul was consenting to his death. There came a time there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation, or lament, lamentation, I'll say it that way, over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. I love that word, havoc. Made havoc. You know, Hollywood has made havoc of the church. COVID has made havoc of the church. Lindsey Williams says that it was a test. He said they wanted to see how many of the churches would close. How many did? A bunch. Some still aren't open. Saul made havoc of the church, entering into every house, hailing men, that's right, there's an L before the I, right? Hauling men and women committed them to prison. So he went into, he actually did house-to-house, door-to-door search and seizure and arrest of Christians. You know, sometimes we don't really read and understand, but these apostles, these Christians, these first century, they, they went through it. They were tested. There is no temptation, oh, we need to remember this one. There is no temptation, but you such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That's not a preacher of rapture, that you may be able to bear it. In other words, <clears throat> if we find ourselves, I said this Friday night, in the line heading to the guillotine, or if we find ourselves tied up, about to be beaten, or whatever the test may be, understand this, you're not there by accident. No. You're there because God says, you can do it. Amen. You have the strength, you can endure it, and I'm going to bless you for it. Amen. The <clears throat> Jesus said in Revelation... <clears throat> Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. God is not going to put us into something that we cannot be successful at. He's not going to put us someplace where he knows we're going to fail just to watch us fail. If we're there, we're there because he knows we have the strength. I said Friday night in the Bible study, one night I was praying, I said, you know, Lord, it's, it's not exactly fair that, that Dimitri gets you know so close to you and Angel visits and dreams and visions and audible voices because he went through 
so much testing and things like that because he lived in Romania, and I haven't had the chance to go through that. But, you know, I, I'd be willing to go through some of that to get, you know, get closer to you like that. Boy, I mean, immediately he said you couldn't handle it. I mean, it wasn't an audible voice, but, Bob, when he talks like that, you don't need an audible, audible voice. You couldn't handle it. And I thought, I, I couldn't. And then I realized it's like he brought me back to the time when I was in the ninth grade and I, I, I <clears throat> was a little hot and the window was up about that like that. So I went over to, and they were big metal windows. So I went over to lift it. So I was going to lift it up like this. No, excuse I, I went like this. And then I was going to put my hand under it to lift it higher. Well, <laughs> when it went like this and I put my hand, it, boom. So both these two fingers and these two fingers, I can still show you this car today. I can still see it. Were nailed. And it was really strange. And I turned to the girl and I said, excuse me. Would you lift the window off of my fingers, please? Ah! <laughs> so she lifted them up. And so, my, you know, the ends of my fingers were almost gone. So I walked up. To the t I couldn't believe I was so calm. So I walked up to the teacher and I said, can I go to the office? Yes, yes. Get out of here. Go, go. So I walked down to the office. And I'd heard in one of those films where they show you at, 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 at school, if you think you're going to faint, put your head between your knees. So I walked in and sat down. I felt like I was going to faint. I bent down to put my head in my knee, between my knees. And the next thing I know, I woke up and my fingers are all bandaged. I'm laying on a bed in the other room. And I said, what happened to you? So I explained that part. I said, what happened? How did I get here? And they said, I don't know. That it was the funniest thing. You just walked into the office. You didn't say anything to anybody. You just sit down and you just rolled out on the floor. <laughs> I have a low threshold of pain. <clears throat> When I was playing racquetball one time, the, the rally had ended, the ball was flying by and I reached up and grabbed it with my left hand and some guy still swung at it and his racket hit me right across the back of the hand. And I knew, I, as soon as he hit me, I knew I was about to pass out because I can't take pain. So I think it's funny because my daughter can take pain unbelievable. So I walked out and at first I was going to just sit down on the floor and then as I sat down I realized, no, i got to lay down. So I laid down. What's wrong? What's wrong? So I laid there for a couple of minutes and it passed and I didn't pass out. But all of that was brought back to my memory. You couldn't take it. Meaning that if we find ourselves about to be beaten or put in jail or whatever it is, understand we're only there. There's not an accident with, with this kind of a thing with the Lord. Okay, It's not an accident. Say it's not an accident. Not an accident. Say it again. It's not an accident. Okay, If we find ourselves in a test or trial, we're only there because the Spirit of God has arranged it. And we have the wherewithal to be successful or we wouldn't be there. Amen. Do we need to hear that? Yeah. We got to hear. Okay, so like, what, what was the name? Uh, Nora Lamb? Okay. <clears throat> she said that they, they uh, stood her in front of firing squad. So she started quoting the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is with me. I shall not want, right? That's right. You better correct me. That's right. Okay. So she, stood, they, she started quoting 20, and they said, ready, aim, fire. 
not a bullet hitter. So they said, reload, ready, aim, fire. Bullets hit behind her, but didn't hit her. If we find ourselves in that kind of a situation, yes, quote the scripture, but I understand we're only there because God wants to bless us. Now, that doesn't mean they can't kill us. They may kill us. But what are they going to do? We're going to thank the Lord because he's about to bless us. He didn't. Do you think he allowed John the Baptist to die because he just wanted to kill John the Baptist? Why do you think he allowed John the Baptist, whom Jesus said there's none born among women greater than John the Baptist? Do you think he allowed him to be killed just because he wanted to be mean to John the Baptist? Or do you think he blessed him? My guess is John the Baptist didn't feel it. The two witnesses. When the, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against the beast, war against them and, dis, and, 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 and overcome them and shall kill them and their bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So I'll get into quoting it. Do you think that he kills the two witnesses because he's mad at them? He didn't have to kill him. He could, he could bring him up into heaven without them being killed. He allowed it to happen to bless them. I don't think they felt a thing. It was the decision that they would give their life for Jesus that they did that glorified them. <clears throat> I know it's hard. It's hard to understand that. But is it correct? Is it correct? Okay. We have to remember this. <clears throat> We're all familiar with it. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand and their forehead. And then no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him that hath to understand to count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, his number is six hundred, three score, and six. That is the greatest test of all humanity, bar none. That's the great, if we can get past that one. Now, it is the test of our life. <clears throat> but the time to prepare for it is not when they're offering you the mask. No, no, I mean, it's not when they're saying you got to take the anti- No, it's... Now. Now is the time to think it through. Revelation 15, 2, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And then they got victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. Now, the point I want to make here is, notice that there's not just one thing. There's not just one thing we can't do. We can't sit there and focus, I'm not going to take the mark. And then they get us on one of the other three. So we can't worship the beast or his image. Two of them has to do with bending the knee. We don't worship the beast or his image. And we don't take his mark or the number of his name. <clears throat> this is his mark. This is the number of the name. Back up. This is, I think, a short step heading to the mark of the beast. They can color it a lot of different ways, but at the end of the day, they're telling us, you have to do this. And we did it. But when it comes to the mark and the number of his name, we're not going to do it. I took a picture of this on Japanese television years ago when Leslie and I were there. What does that look like? That is the number of the beast. 
We have three witnesses that say that's what the mark of the beast looks like. We have two witnesses that says that's what the number of the beast looks like. This is actually 666. You've heard me talk about it. This is the way it probably will look if it's the mark of the beast. Two people said what they saw was it yellow. One person said what they saw was a red background. Close enough. With a hand in the middle of it. So whatever we're going to do, we're not going to do that, right? This is what the number of the beast might look like. Or more like what we saw on TV there. <clears throat> so there's two things we don't do. We don't bow to the beast or his image. We do not take the mark or his name, whatever that might be, or his number. We don't do any of those five things. Okay, so in conclusion... This is one of those weirdo, wacko, knucklehead, end-time churches that just happens to believe in the King James Bible. And we believe that we need to live a clean life. We believe that we are the last generation and we're preparing to win a lot of souls. Now, if that is something you can agree with, then we ask you to go to Spirit of Prophecy Church or prophecyclub.com and click and become a member. Why? Because it's saying to Jesus, saying, look at this group, I stand with them. I agree with them. I believe them. And I want to be a part of their blessings. If you believe in sports stadiums, if you believe this message is one of these days a message that God is going to raise up to bring in a lot of people, then join us. Go there and join. You just click right there, bottom left corner where it says become a member, and it'll take you over to the page to show you how to join. Also, if you want others to hear, we ask you to click like, share, and subscribe, and the algorithm will tend to send it out, if we're not being shadow banned, will tend to send it out to more people. Finally, <clears throat> now I go through this every time, but let me get to the bottom line today. You can read all of those scriptures, but the very simplest says in Revelation, I'm going through 14, 15, or 16, somewhere in there. <clears throat> it says, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach to them that dwell upon the earth out of every people, nation, kindred, and tongue, saying to them, Fear God and worship him who made heavens and the earth and the fountains of waters. In the very simplest of terms, that's what it takes. To worship the God that made heaven and the earth and the rivers and the fountains of waters. That's the very simplest, simplest way to say it is to say simply, Jesus, forgive me, be my God. So today, I, I want to give a simple way to do it. In case you don't want to say a long 60-second prayer, that's a long prayer to say 60 seconds, you know. No, that's not a long prayer. But if you wanted the very simplest, here it is. Jesus, be my God. Say it. Everyone say it together. Jesus, be my God. Jesus, be my God. It doesn't get any simpler and easier than that. When the thief was on the cross next to him, he didn't even say that. He simply said, remember me. This day when you come into your kingdom. I think is the way I said. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And he, Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. So it doesn't take a whole lot. I think it's not only what we say with our mouth, as much as it is in our heart to say, I know I've made mistakes. And I ask you to forgive those mistakes, forgive those sins, give me another chance. I want to live forever. I want to live with you in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, then send me an email. And I've not got an email to that email in over a couple of months. It might even be three months. Now, I look, and we're getting, yeah, 1,000, 1,100, 1,300 views on each one of these sermons. So it's your job now just to email this out to your friends. You go down there and click share. That's how you do it. You click share. And then you can go out and send it out to your friends. Send it out. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost you. Well, I might lose a friend over it. Well, that's a pretty good friend to lose. <laughs> and if you lose a friend over them, <laughs> were they a friend? And by the way, if we're, if we're going to have enough strength to withstand the beast, we don't have enough strength to endure what a friend might think of us because we wouldn't send the gospel out to them. How many of your friends know Jesus to the point to where, how many of your friends need to hear this message? And here's what you can do. Just say, uh, skip this, skip that, skip this. I want you to hear this part. Now, of course, we don't want you to skip any of it, but, but if there's a part you really want them to hear, just say, go to the minute mark. Matter of fact, you can click on it if you're on YouTube, do a right click, <clears throat> and I think it's about the third line down. You can say, send it at this time mark. And then when they click on it, it takes them right to that time mark. Say, listen to what's being said right here. There's people out there that need to hear what was said this morning. This is not a pat you on the back message. This is the scare the hell out of you message. And that's not... That's not said in the wrong way. That's said in the right way. Right? Okay. Lord, I pray a blessing upon all of those people that have listened. If they have endured this message to this point, bless them, Lord. Bless them. Press it down, shaking together and running over. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're in the audience, the, we will open up the altar. You can come up for prayer. You can come up and give an offering. If you're online, just click that little blue line down there at the bottom. And you can make a donation if you'd like to. God bless you. Thank you for watching.